All right, everyone, welcome <laughs> back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers. I'm Kyle. I'll let him tag along on every episode. He's, <laughs> he's so lucky. I really wish that um, we could have a behind the scenes of getting this set up. Kyle's very particular about how things go and the angle. We're trying a yes. new angle today for the well, video. We put all these on YouTube, and um, well, as folks have probably noticed, it's not always the best quality. But he's excited because today we're recording at the Canon in yes. Houston. We mm -hmm. booked ourselves a room. And so, uh, since we've got a little more space and mm -hmm. lighting to work with, he's he's played with the lights, he's played with the camera, <laughs> he's played with everything. So, I hope you guys enjoy these episodes that we're recording today. By the way, if you're on YouTube, make sure you click subscribe down there at the bottom and check the bell so you get notifications that these come up. Subscribe and the bell. You mm -hmm. have to do both. Got to do both. Got to do both. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then okay, get back so, to doing work um, that matters. I finally finished the Start With Why book. Yay! Yay! So <laughs> I keep saying we're going to start a mini series, and Kyle keeps reminding me that we've already done a couple of episodes. Yes. So he's going to kind of bring we'll, those we'll, to the we'll, forefront we'll yep. and uh, pull them in. There'll be a whole um, page on the website dedicated to it. Yeah. So as I was reading the book, I was like, oh, we've got to talk about this. <laughs> and then I thought, ooh, the book is copyrighted. <laughs> I don't know if we can. But then the very last sentence of mm -hmm. Simon Sinek's Start With Why book says, if this book inspires you, please pass it on to someone you want to inspire. So I feel like we can share. And we're not taking credit for nothing that's said in here. We're it's not just, taking credit. You know. It's all Simon Sinek. Yep. So I do have my book open. I have my notes that I took. I didn't want to read to you, but I think it's some of You're it's going it to it be a little bit of reading. Yeah. So... This one was very interesting to me because it's about Walmart. <laughs> and when he first mentioned Walmart, because a lot of companies that he mentions in here are companies that did well and did things mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I, it's interesting to note that I grew up in Arkansas. Correct. About an hour, hour and a half south of where Walmart started in Bentonville. Yeah. So, you know, he mentioned Walmart. So, of course, that <laughs> brought up some good feelings for me. But then I thought... Why Walmart? Yeah. Like, what are they doing well? Well. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of good information in here. And uh, it, it can be applied to many aspects of your business. I mean, this isn't just a, a sales, sales type stuff. No. This is starting with why, yep. which helps your business to be a quality business. Absolutely. And to give quality service and quality products. Yep. All those kinds of things. So we're going to go, kind of go a little bit through the history of um, Sam Walton. Uh, he grew, or not he grew up, he opened mm -hmm. Walmart. We're not going to go that far back. He opened Walmart in 1962 in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. It grew from one store to $44 billion in annual sales. And that's... 44 or 40 million people shopping per week. That's just mind-boggling. I don't know. I don't know if it said the time period no, that it but, grew, but still, yeah. just an idea. One right. man. Um, 
The thing was, it wasn't the only discount store around. Target was already open. Oh, really? Actually, Target opened the same year. Really? <laughs> and discount huh. stores were already a $2 billion industry when he opened his one. Really? Yep. See, I didn't realize that. I, yep. I just assumed Walmart was more on the uh, leading edge. Nope. Hmm. Apparently not. Um, he's admitted, Sam Walton has admitted to borrowing ideas from other <laughs> businesses. Um, and so he talked about why was he so successful? Because he knew his why. Mm -hmm. He believed in people. And this is where I'm going to read to you a little bit. He believed that if people looked after, that if he looked after people, people would look after him. The mm -hmm. more Walmart could give to their employees, their customers in the community, the more they would all give back to him. He is quoted for saying, we're all working together. That's the secret. Very interesting. And so that was his why. Well, yeah, that was his why, and Walmart is the what to his why. Makes sense. He was in service um, to other people. And as a for instance, he mm -hmm. went in to work on Saturdays because right. his employees had to work on Saturdays. And uh, he thought, well, it's not yeah. fair. No, it's not. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it should be. Good, uh, good leadership. Yeah. He, um, he remembered birthdays, anniversaries, and that a cashier's mother had had gallbladder surgery. Oh, wow. He's a very <laughs> thoughtful person, and that's something I wish I was, like, especially today, Me in too. today's social media age, you know, you scroll and you see things that uh -huh. people say or that are going on in their lives, good or bad, Yeah. and then you see them in person. And then you don't mention a thing about it. I forget. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, I should have asked you about it, or they'll mention it. I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw that on Facebook. I'm so sorry. I meant to ask yeah. you, and you know, you feel so bad, but you know, he did it without Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also something we've talked about previously. The CEO that wrote however oh, yeah. many birthday like cards. I think. Yeah, yeah. in a year. So, you know, it's similar to that. Um, he did not like that his executives drove expensive cars. He, I like this he guy. resisted <laughs> using the corporate jet for years. He finally gave in, but he hmm. resisted it for a lot of years. And he never forgot where he came from. This kind of reminds me of me and you, because mm -hmm. obviously everybody wants to grow their business to million dollar business right. or whatever. We're going to hit with two billion this year, right? Yeah, two yeah, billion. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's it. Uh -huh. That's it's conservative estimate. Yes, conservative. Very, very conservative. And so, of course, <laughs> I'm like, well, here's what I want to do when we get that money. <laughs> and not that it's going to change who I am. I would just like some nicer things. Kyle, on the other hand, is going to be Sam Walton. Yep. He, he says. I can't. I still can't believe that it's news where I get my hair cut. Where else would I get it cut at the barbershop? I mean, he goes to the barbershop. He said, that, where yeah. else would I get it cut? Yep. And then he says, why do I drive a pickup? Well, what am I supposed to haul my dogs around in a Rolls, Rolls Royce? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So he was the person he aimed to serve, the yep. everyman. Yeah. And I think that's a term that Simon Sinek has coined because he used it later in his book, the yeah. everyman, the everyday man that's out just earning a living mm -hmm. and needing things to get by I so agree. one of the things that i really like when he started out he built his stores in rural communities mm -hmm. so that the every man yep. didn't have to drive to urban centers yep. to get the supplies they needed yeah you know that's that's a big cost on the every man in oh, time is. And money, you gotta spend the gas. Well, I mean, I grew up out in the middle of you know nowhere, <laughs> Redneckville, and I mean, it really is thirty minutes sometimes just to get to a daggum gas station. 
So, I mean, th this is actually a very good, very valid point, but that is not at all what you would... That is not the common sense place to put a huge, large mm -hmm. store. No. Not at all. It's at the no. common sense place. But, but that's where he grew up. Yeah. And today, today, you wouldn't think, if you're from Arkansas or know anything about Arkansas, Bentonville is kind of an up-and-coming area. Right. So you wouldn't think of it as a rural area. Um, but at the time, it was. So... You know, of course, like I said, when he mentioned Walmart, I was like, I just didn't really like. We all get kind of that icky feeling. Yeah, it's not yeah. a very good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't that's, put your finger on it. Yeah. Well, and Simon <laughs> said, talks about that, and we're going to talk about it. Um, in 1992, it says Walmart lost their why. Sam Walton died. Okay. He was involved in the business. That sounds like very. Yeah, I think up the, oh, until yeah. he couldn't. Yeah. Um. So. The new Walmart confused its why, which was to serve people, right. with its how, which was offering low prices. Yep. So then they kind of started with their, like, their schemes, you know, mm -hmm. low price, you know. Mm -hmm. the, and Simon Sinek talks about that early in the day, earlier in the book, the gimmicks, yeah. the things that just keep people in. Um, so this is why Walmart makes us feel icky. As of December of 08, it's been scandal-ridden and has had 73 class action lawsuits Dang. related to wage violations. Oh, just wage violations. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And paid. And those are your employees. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Sam Walton stood for taking care of his employees, knowing their birthdays, quite a change their anniversaries, from, yeah. uh -huh. their everything. And he paid hundreds, they've paid hundreds of millions in past judgments and settlements, which is not what Sam Walton believes. And that's a, it's really not that long of a period of time to go that far off the rails. I mean, we're only talking about, you know, just a, a, yeah, a decade to get to it. Yeah. yeah. 10, 20, was it 20 years? Not no, even. 30. No, it's not even. So 2008. 2008. This, like, well, he died in 92. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, that's you think about, 2008. And it's not like all of this stuff came to a head in 2008. I mean, this would have been like the day after his passing. The wheels start turning in different Oh, directions. so yeah, from 92 yeah. to 2008. Yeah. That's about I mean, that's 16 years. That's a lot. They just, it just fell apart. So yeah, like we said, it, it makes us, but you mentioned Walmart, it makes you feel icky. Yep. We can't put our finger on it because nope. again, Simon Sinek talks earlier in the book about the part of us that like we can't explain why we love somebody. Yeah. So we pick out actions that they do True. or things like that. So we point to their size right. and their money. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, it's because they're so big, and they. Well, and that you know, goes along with just kind of the, I don't know, our, our general distaste for anyone that's better than us. And so it's like we can pinpoint that and say that's why they're so terrible. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if it's that. It, is it? It's just because they're so big, yeah. and it, and even their stores are huge. Yeah. Like, you know. I grew up, obviously, in a small town. Mm -hmm. I was about an hour and a half from where Walmart started. It was a big deal when we got a Walmart in our town. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was a big uh -huh. deal. And it wasn't that big. And I remember when we I moved here to Houston, mm -hmm. and I went to the Walmart Supercenter, I was like, <laughs> oh! Yeah. But now, whenever we travel, uh, you know, like I think over Thanksgiving, we traveled, and we went into a small Walmart. We had oh, yeah. some medicine for our daughter, and I was like, it's so tiny. Right. But it's still like, huge. 
Yeah. But and, yeah, it's tiny for Walmart standards. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that's part of it. And it was still like, it was still the grocery store and the retail mm-hmm. store, but it was so small. And that made me feel good. That made mm. me feel like home. Okay. Um, so just their enormous size. Like I hate going to Walmart. You know this. Yes. I hate going to Walmart. <laughs> it's so big. Mm-hmm. To park is so far away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you park. And it's just like... If you've got to get more than three or four things, you're all over the store, yep. and there's people everywhere. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah. But when you're in the small town, yeah. it's it's not. I, I you get it. Like, and not only because it's smaller in the small town, but again, the parking lot is not mm-hmm. as big, so you can usually get it. But then when we went in there, I went to the pharmacy to pick up the medicine, and the pharmacist looked at the guy behind me and said, oh, hey, Kyle, I'll be yeah. right with you, no problem. Right. And they knew people, and that's what Walmart, I, I believe that's what Sam Walton wanted yeah. Walmart to be about. Well, I mean, it sounds like it would have been. Um, yeah, the personal touch, just it matters, and it matters a lot. I mean, just forget Walmart for a minute. Just go back to your workplace, right? I mean, we've all had that manager that doesn't know a darn thing about us. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about being buddy-buddy friends with your people. But just, just know, know what's thing. going on. Yeah. And, you know, you have to remind them five times that you got kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's you have that same basic conversation over and over. You need a personal touch. I mean, you know, okay, I guess this will be a plug for the, the training we've got coming up. But half... You mean all, the QMS boot camp? Yes, the QMS boot camp. That's in April? In April. Here and you can Canada. sign up on QMSbootcamp.com? That's it. Okay. <laughs> um, but we spend nearly half of the course not even talking about anything technical. It is all about the basic skills, personal skills, psychological ideas. Just what's it take to connect to these folks to get people to radically change the way they're doing business. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea here. Well, I mean, I could share a personal experience. I don't know if I should, but, <laughs> you know, it was about 12 years ago. We found out we were pregnant with our first son. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to share with my assistant boss, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was very excited with, for me. And she said, have you told the boss boss yet? Right. And I said no, and she and I both knew why. But about that time, the boss boss had rounded the corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, this this was something I'd wanted all my mm-hmm. life was to be a mom. Yep. Um, as soon as we got married, I said, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I was a little bit older, 27-ish. Yep. And, um, and so she rounded, very exciting is the yep. point. She rounded the corner, and she said, tell me what? And I said, oh, I just found out I'm pregnant. And she goes, "Mm mm-hmm, I thought so. Yeah. And I just thought, wow. And she's a mom, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just thought, wow, that's not the reaction you want. You you know, you want your boss to care about you and be happy for you. Mm -hmm. But as a manager, all she cared about is, I'm going to have to cover this person's maternity leave. Yep. But, you know, it sounds like, again, these kind of same things from here. So Sam Walton clearly obviously cared about not only the people that work for him, but I'm sure he knew all sorts of details and fun facts about the customers that frequented the stores. Um, so you kind of have that personal touch. But then it, it goes into just the, uh, creating a, an environment where folks can, can express themselves, can have ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
that's part of what I hate so much about some of the way these corporate structures are is it's either this top-down kind of totalitarian way of this is how we're going to do it, just follow. And that leads to, well, wage issues and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You, you get people cheating to hit the to hit the target. Yep. Because, and well, I'm sure that's where you're going here, but it's, it's been a while since I read the book, but is if your target is to care for people and you know that your profit's going to be a result, they'll work out for you. If you care about the profits first, well, folks will do whatever it takes to hit that mile That's marker. why it's so frustrating that the the um, successors mm-hmm. couldn't see that it worked just fine yeah. the way Sam Walton was doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, let's do something more to improve on that, but don't change it. So, at the time, start with why it was written. I like You know, I like my numbers. Um <laughs> An investment in Walmart the day Sam Walton died would have gained you 300%. Not bad. Yeah. The same investment on the same day in Costco would have gained you 800%. Woo! So what's Costco doing the Walmart name? Well, I guess taking care of their employees. <laughs> um, so it talks about a CEO that followed Wal- Walton took a $430,000 salary, which is relatively low for a CEO. Right. But when you compare it to Walton at Walmart's peak, he never took more than 350000 hmm. Never took more than that um, because that's his wife. That's what he needed, yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I really like how he kind of wrapped up, Simon Sinek wrapped up this study he said, at the time this book was written, three more CEOs have attempted to carry the torch, but the why grows dimmer. Right. New, there's new hope in Michael T. Duke, who is not the CEO anymore. I looked it up. Okay. Um, so there was new hope in Michael T. Duke, and his hope is to restore the torch, the clarity, and the why. Yeah. And he started by paying himself $5.43 million. Well, that's just the best way to do it, you know? <laughs> you know, if, if you're well compensated, you'll be more apt to help people. Right? Yeah. That, that's the way it works. Okay. I guess Maybe. so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, let's try it here. Let's see. What? Pay you $5.43 yeah. million? Yeah, something like $2 billion. We can afford it. I mean, I mean I'm not going <laughs> to argue because you, you just say your paycheck to me. <laughs> but no, it, it's just... And just to go back to the personal story I shared, I, I mean, that was 12 years ago. And I you remember, still remember it clearly. I, I mean, I can see every detail. I mean, probably not what everybody was wearing. Right. But I mean, I know where we were standing mm-hmm. in the building. I know mm-hmm. how she rounded the corner. I can see the look on her face. And I mean, that was the morning as my day started. Mm-hmm. They were the first people at work that I told. Let me ask you this. The folks at this organization, Mm -hmm. were they cooperative with one another or competitive and territorial? Um, It depends on who it was. It's a general... But it was not a good environment. You know, it's just probably the last thing before we wrap up here, but, you know, uh, someone else I was talking to recently, they're part of a a large, you know, uh, multinational corporate conglomeration, right? And you would assume that each of the individual business units within these large organizations would work to support each other. If one has the resources that the other needs, and then there would be a give and take. Mm-hmm. But there's not. They're all very harshly territorial about their numbers. Mm-hmm. They have a metric that they have to hit. And if helping the guy next door in the same organization... Means hurting your numbers. Well, hurt your numbers. You, know, you can't do it. That's terrible. One other thing before we wrap up. 
I was just kind of looking around like I looked at the CEOs, trying to get a history of the mm-hmm. CEOs and different. Oh, whoops. So sorry about that. I told you to put it I on did. I did. <laughs> I don't. That's what happens when I check it. Then it. Oh <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, so oh. before we wrap up. Uh, <laughs> There was, okay, it was on Wikipedia, which I know is not the most reliable. Yeah, but good enough. There was a section on charity about Walmart, and I said, oh, let me look at that. Yeah. Well, Sam Walton did not believe in charity. He believed that what he did was his powerful force for good. Um, he would not contribute to philanthropic causes, um, and he said that they cannot be expected to solve every personal problem that comes to their attention. And he said, we feel strongly that Walmart really is not and should not be in the charity business. And any debit has to be passed along to somebody, either the shareholders or the customers. Mm-hmm. So he believes strongly against it. Since his death, however, yeah, they have Walmart has dramatically increased charitable giving. In 2005, they donated $20 million in cash and merchandise for Hurricane Katrina relief. And now they give away about a billion dollars each year, now, which I think is great. But as I pointed out right. to you when I was talking about it, if they would, I feel like it's one of their gimmicks. Right. Like, look how much we're giving away and look well, at all the people we're helping. The, what's the better, you know, flashy thing on the news or now on social media or whatever or in the newspaper 10 years ago is, hey, we gave away a billion dollars to such and such. And we gave away this. That looks great, and that looks second. Whereas a headline of Walmart pays ten percent more than everyone else to help folks have a decent living wage. But I that's think, not exciting. I think it is. I mean, I've said a number of times how much Bucky's pays their employees. They advertise it. That's true. And I've told that's you true. know young college kids are looking for a job. I'm like go to Bucky's. Yeah. They pay their people well, so I'm sure they take care of you well. I feel like they wouldn't have to do this. Is just another gimmick, like you said, another yeah. headline mm-hmm. to get their name out there. Yep. But people just don't trust them. One of the things in the notes that I didn't read was about. Costco and Walmart each um, enacting an environmental policy or something. Right. They did at the same time that people bought into Costco's more just because they trust Costco yeah. more than they trust Walmart. Same thing. Like, oh, yeah, Walmart gave a billion dollars. I could have given two billion. You know? Right. Like, it doesn't matter okay, what your true. headline is. If you're not taking care of your employees, mm-hmm. people are not going to buy into it. Well, and, I mean, Walmart, it's not like they don't – it's not like they employ a small portion of people, Right. Oh, yeah. So just imagine the good that can be done for a community simply when people earn a better wage. Exactly. They can give to charity themselves. Yeah. They can give and then back. They, I mean, but this is all the basics of free market, right? So if they're making more money and they're happier with their life, then they're more apt to go spend money to someone else. And it all grows and works and benefits the world. But I don't know. We're going a little over what we yeah. really do here. But I really want folks to, to stop and think about, you know, what is it that makes Walmart give you that icky feeling that you don't get maybe when you go to Target or Costco or any of these other similar big box places. I get icky feeling at Target too. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> but try to think about what is it that causes that. I mean, yours is just because they remodeled the place. You don't like the way they remodeled I'm it. I'm not the only one that has a problem with that. Okay, fine. But that's not where I'm going here. <laughs> so, but think about it. And these boil down to like simple trust issues. They're, they're, exactly. They've got their target set at the wrong place. How's your target at your job affecting your performance and the performance of your people. We could go on and on for hours and hours, but but that's kind of what I'd like people to leave with. What I would like the headline to see instead of Walmart gives, you know, a billion dollars a year, 
Walmart increases wages a billion dollars a year, a region at a time. Because, you know, you spread a billion dollars out over all their employees, that's not going to be okay. But say, Mm -hmm. hey, okay, we can make an effective change with this region with a billion dollars. Now, next year, we're going to do this region. And the next year, we're going to increase this region. Well, think about that with uh, the hurricane, right? So, you know, whether it was Katrina or Harvey that came through here recently, what if Walmart said, tell you what, we know everyone's suffering right now, and a lot of people probably lost jobs because the businesses were under we're having a big hiring frenzy and we're, we're paying well mm-hmm. that would have a huge impact yeah on the local uh, and community and just a note like there's never any lanes open no they've no. got 30 like what are they doing <laughs> i don't know so you know that's know. they've still got uh, <laughs> again it's, they don't even have employees to pay <laughs> i think it's just a gimmick it's another gimmick but yeah We're way over. Yeah, we're way over. We got to stop it. But dude, think about it. Like, what is it that makes it icky? And and I, you know, that's the guy. Guess the most technical term we got for it. But and that's the term that he used in the book. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, it's been a while since I read, but yes, it's just the best term for it. So, how can you how can you take that to your uh, to your workplace? Mm -hmm. All righty. Thanks for listening.